go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh my God. Oh my God. So just to give you a little backstory, and I want to welcome everybody back uh, that checks in with me and watches uh, some of these casts that I put over on Facebook and YouTube and uh, other situ other platforms. I want to talk about somebody. You ever run into somebody um, and only spend a short amount of time with them? Maybe uh, just a couple of hours, a few minutes, or you find them somewhere, you have a conversation with them, and in your mind, you're like, yo, I'm in the presence of somebody who's doing something, is going to do something big. I, at the time, I didn't know what it was. I don't know what direction he was going in, but you meet them and they have this magnetism. They have this charm. They connect with you right away. And it's the kind of person that when they walk away from you, you feel better and you don't and you, you don't ever forget them. And I have the privilege now. Um, I came across him again. He's actually my fraternity brother. But, you know, we're different ages, different groups. But we, we came in contact and I asked him what's going on. Just, you know, shooting the breeze. And he told me exactly what I expected to hear. Fantastic, amazing things. Alvaro Hernandez is a Latino male from Union City, New Jersey. Okay. And he's explored higher education. And what I want him to do today is he's coming on to give us his expertise. And the reason I brought him on is because a lot of what he's going to cover today, I went through. I experienced firsthand. And I always think, of, man, if I went back, if I only, if I knew then what I know now. And um I'm positive that if you're a parent, if you um, are in the situation I was in where my parents were immigrants or a minority in general, you will understand where we're coming from, what education means. Um, there's certain aspects, some communities where education means one thing, others where it's mandatory. And he's, we're going to explore all that. But like I said, I want to welcome him to the, to the platform. He is fa absolutely fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Albert Hernandez. Albert, how you doing, man? Oh, man. Thank you so much, bro. I don't know if I could beat that introduction, man. You definitely sold me, but I appreciate it, man. You, you the man, Mike Nev. I love you, bro. You, 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 you got this, man. Like, you're doing some great things, and I'm honored to be on this uh, podcast with you, bro. I really appreciate the invite. Um, but, yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm excited for this conversation today. It's going to be authentic. It's going to be off the cuff. Um, we're going to drop some gems, and so I'm, I'm really excited to be here for sure. Good. Fantastic, man. Um, we talked a little bit off the air, obviously, just to touch on some things. And you you made some things clear. You you dropped some dimes on me. You <laughs> dropped some dimes on me. And like I said, um, I, I I always appreciate people that when they, they talk to me, they leave me, like I said, they leave me better than what I was. And you are absolutely one of those people. You walk away from, from somebody like me who is very high energy. When I like, I always say, I don't like talking about, I don't like, I'm not a small talk guy. I like talking about life, about love, about things bigger than bigger. You know what I mean? And you're one of the people that when you walk away from me, I'm like, damn, I just I just learned something. And I love that. So what I want to do is let's start it off just like this. Um, what was your inspiration into getting into higher education? Um, and why the minority community? I know you, you, mm. you told me that you specialize in minority community. What can you can you elaborate on that? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So for me, um, just a little bit more background on me. I'm from Union City, New Jersey, first generation college student. Um, and I didn't know why I was even going to school. I was going to school because, you know, in uh, Latino backgrounds, you go to school. Like, you know, their parents, they, they bust their behinds to make sure that they can get you, um, you know, ahead. And so that your life and you, you are set up for a better life than they were. 
And uh, my parents or my mom, she didn't really know much. She only knew you have to go to school. Uh, and so it inspired me to, to, to pursue education. And unfortunately, with the backgrounds that I came from, we only knew a couple of things. You're either going to be a doctor, a teacher or a lawyer. There's not many other career paths out there for us or at least, you know, the, the, the career education that we had. And so when I went into higher education, I really went very narrow minded. I went, I'm going to get my stuff. I'm going to get my degree in teaching. I'm going to go back to Union City, my hood. I'm going to give back to the community and work as a teacher there. And that's, that's where my perspective was. And I was very limited in that way. And so for me, why higher education? I didn't even know it was a field that even exists until my junior year in college. I didn't even know that I could work at an institution of higher learning. And so when I thought of, uh, you know, do I want to go back and teach? I wanted to work in education, but I just didn't know. I, w- I wasn't smart enough to know at the time where in education I wanted to be. Until, I, you know, my junior year in college, I got I met with some people, my senior year in college, I met with some other people and I had avenues where I was able to not just get my undergrad paid for, but I got my master's paid for. So my master's degree, I, I didn't pay a dime for that um, because of the experiences that I had in undergrad. Um, and then that master's degree led me into working in the educational field. Um, and why the minority community? Because I've worked at several institutions now. Um, I'm currently at my fourth institution right now working. And what inspires me to work with, uh, you know, the minority community is because I know that they need it. Like, you know, I love working with my white kids. You know, I love working with my affluent students. They're great. You know, I love working with students in general. But there's something about working with students who are minoritized, who need that support, who don't get it because of socioeconomic reasons and things that are around them that desperately need it. And I, you know, I want to be that person for them. And so that's why, you know, I wouldn't necessarily work with the minority community. I completely understand it. Just to bring it back, I can, I almost can relate in that sense where uh, for years I worked in group homes. I worked mm-hmm. in juvenile detention. I worked in all these things. And then for a while I worked in Bergen County and it's really nice um, school after, after school program. Uh, and I found it rough. It was cool. It was nice. You know, the kids were amazing. I love children. But there was nothing like the impact that you make on kids that need it. You know what I mean? Like when you are that person that you needed when you were younger. So I absolutely see the vision that you have as far as um, giving that community. You know what I mean? Especially because you see some of the mistakes. Now, one of the things I wanted to explore are um, we talk about a lot of people talk about trades mm-hmm. and they talk about college degrees. And there's a myth going around. It's a myth that, oh, why waste your money on a college degree? You could have gotten a trade and made the same amount of money. Well, mm-hmm. that's if you went in with no plan. If you went in with no plan, yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. There's a lot of people that have college degrees that they wasted it, but they didn't. But that's where you come in. You're saying, um, let's develop a plan. Don't go in blind because then you will end up in that minority of people where the degree does you no good, as opposed to when you have some education and you have some, uh, some knowledge that you could provide um, they make more conscious, better decisions, and they don't end up in that situation. With that said, I I absolutely love the trades. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love the trade, especially as a homeowner. I'm like, damn, yep. could have saved me a couple thousand dollars if I just knew how to do some electricity or a plumbing. Right, that age back stuff serious, man. man. Listen, especially down here in Florida where it's like 100 <laughs> degrees sometimes. That's what yeah. I'm saying. So <laughs> Exactly. So you come down here and it's like, 
I see the benefits of that as well. So um, when you talk higher education, do you include the trades or are you including university? What's your what's your angle on that? So for me, I I, I work particularly with higher education because that's my field of expertise. And that's why I spend years and years of my my, my craft going into. Right. Not that I don't appreciate the trades. Like you said, I think that um, students and people need to do what best works for them. Right. If you are a person that likes to work with your hands and you are a person that learns better like that, you know, them trade schools, they probably write for you. Like I would have knocked them because uh, you, you, you're you able to go into that field. You're able to get hands on experience and you're able to get out with less depth and with, like I said, hands on experience that puts you right in the career path of your choice. When you think about it, it's almost it's almost exactly what you preach, though, right? It's like. um. You, from what we talked, you said um, you want people to come in with a vision and kind of like a plan. And it's like trade schools, they almost have a built-in plan. It's like you go to the trade school, you become an apprentice, you do some time in, boom, or you could even start your own business. And it's like that gives you the narrow, that plan. You know what I mean? So it's like I can see what you're saying is you emphasize university because that's where you work, Mm -hmm. but we can all see that they both have that it's it's not about um it sounds like it's about evolving continue to evolve but evolving with a plan because because this is because this is how i break it down right so i think that higher education right higher higher education is like a game and let's i want you to think about it like it's a board game right you open up this board game you get the pieces but you don't know the rule right and as far as first generation college student you go into this board game you have the pieces you don't know where to move you don't know which piece is going to put you in the right direction. You don't know what's the best strategy and what's the plan. And that's what happens to a lot of our first-generation college students, particularly our first-generation college students of color who come into an institution and they come with our skill sets that we had, right? With the way that we used to handle problems back in our hood, with the way that we used to talk to people with, you know, back when we were 18, 19 years old. And that type of mentality and that type of skill set, although is needed to advance, is not going to get you past this board game that we call college. And so if we are going to right, make sure that we have an even playing field for our students of color, we need to teach them the rules of the game. And who's really doing that right right now? I don't, I don't think that's, there are that many people that are really taking the time to teach that to our young students. And so that's kind of where I come in to kind of do that type of teaching. And, you know, trade schools, I don't knock them because – a lot of us, and when I say us, I mean people of color, we learn better with our hands. We learn better with experience. And that's where trade schools come in. And that's why they're so good. But they're very narrow. They're very focused. They're very focused. Like you said, an apprentice, you know, it's H- like electrician or carpentry. It's very narrow. And so if you go into one and it's not what your skill set is or it's not what you really want to do, you're kind of stuck there. As opposed to college, you can move. And between majors and between classes and between things that you want and get all the experiences you need. So when you leave your well-rounded student, you have kind of the backgrounds and the skills that you need to move around different areas. So that's why I kind of say, like, that's my philosophy on higher education uh, and how I view it. But that's also why I don't knock the trades, because I think it is really more for people like us in terms of the way that develop that program. It's so it's it's I could relate so much to what you're saying because i think of my relationship to my mother in college and then i think of my relationship to my daughter in college right so when i went 
I, I was lucky. I had an older sister. She was already in. She was she was making her moves, and she was making the mistakes almost. And and I kind of was able to avoid some of them through her, right? But now I look at my daughter, and I'm like, the advice that I give her is generally based off of uh, some of the mistakes that I made, some of the things that went left when they should have gone right, um, some of the lack of knowledge that I had when I was in a situation. Um, you know, everything from financial aid to how it's handled to student loans, to whatever, you know what I mean? All those different things. And now with her, it's almost like I'm, I have the card, at least, at least a lot of the rules to the game in my hand. And I'm like trying to spoon feed her. You know what I mean? Obviously she's going to make her own mistakes, but it's, it's good to, it feels good to know that she's not going in blind, you know? And um, yeah, so I definitely see what you, where you, somebody like you can fill that gap. There's a mm -hmm. big gap there. There's a gap because even, even our parents know they'll say, because you have to go to college, but they're not really sure why they're saying it. Exactly. All they know is that picture in their mind of you being better and being great and moving on and 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 they sacrifice so that you could do. But they I, I always make this uh this reference, right? Um, I made it the other day. Uh it was about being a man mm -hmm. when you grow up without a father, right? When you grow up without a father, you um a lot of what you learn is from TV, right? So you know how Cliff Huxtable, yeah, is, right. And then you know, and then you see him; he's a man. But then you see how he bought, and he has a beautiful house. But you don't see anything in between and how right. he got there, right? right? Well, it's almost the same thing when it comes to college or universities or any of these things, where it's like I know I'm supposed to be a lawyer, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a nurse, I want to be this, I want to be that. Damn, and it feels so. It feels like I'm like it's hundreds hot. of thousands of miles away when it's literally only feet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It makes it seem like it's a lifetime away. It's impossible. It'll never happen. But if you have those rules to the game, you realize, oh, there's all kinds of shortcuts. All there's kinds all kinds of, of ways. Yeah. Because it's not really. about, it's really not about, it's not It's not about intellect. It's really about work ethic. And it's, it's, it's about working smarter. Because we're, we're just so used to like, oh, we need to put 80 hours a week into our craft. And although that's good, we like I'm reading this book right now. It's called You Squared. It's a dope-ass book best book one of my mentors recommended to me one of the chapters in the book says you ever see a fly run into a wall or run into a window and it keeps running into the window but the door is wide open like 10 feet away yeah and then it dies on the window when all it could do is just fly 10 feet away and it's out in freedom it's out in paradise right and it's like yo how many times are we that fly just running into the window and not flying 10 feet away and finding a different way to do things and that, and, and that's and that and that's that's just that's just life, but that's that's a lot of it in higher education, man. It's just there's there's this this thing that you know you're supposed to go to school, but no one really teaches you what school's about. And a lot of people uh, go to go to college with this misconception that you know the, the thing's gonna be granted to you. You know, when you graduate, you're gonna be a lawyer. You're gonna be in your career, and that's not even the case. You 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 graduate and you start back at zero, and then you have to build yourself back up again. So, Absolutely. and man, that, that's, that's, that's life. That's facts. No, I appreciate, appreciate and you saying especially that. today, And especially today where the degree, you almost have to go advanced degree. Mm -hmm. You almost have to go, um, you know, if it's a trade, you almost have to go special skill set. It's like the world keeps evolving. And if you're not catching up, you're being left behind. Yep. I, I love it. That was fan That's awesome, man. Um, so what were some of the pitfalls that you faced? What were some of the things that you came across that, um, as in your experience, that really kind of like now that you know them, you want to give that advice. You want to talk to young 
young people and say, hey, listen, this is what I did, or this is um, something that I encountered, or this is some of the game that I have for you? What do you, what do you got for him? So for me, I mean, there's a lot there, right? There's a lot there, but I'm going to break it down to a couple of different spaces. For me, like, like I, I relate to you, Mike Nav, because I grew up without a father too. And a lot of the misconceptions and a lot of the things that were in my head, a lot of it is that toxic, that toxicness that we get taught as a young age. Like men don't cry. Men don't ask for help. Men don't, you know, men don't do all these other things. And so when you, when I went into that, that college with that mentality, I was struggling. You know, I was, I was working 70 hours a week. I was working two jobs. Uh, I was trying to, you know, help money to, to pay rent for my mom and my sisters. Stop uh, right there. Stop right there. You just made let me tell you something. I, I, I can't I, I know I wanted to let you go, but you just made you just dropped a dime. I like to yeah. stop when people drop a dime. You just said something that you you people don't realize that a lot of times people are in school working and that mm -hmm. little paycheck is not about Chinese food, it's not to go to the club, it's going straight back home. Mm -hmm. And it's not like that's a luxury, that little uh, job at the university or that little extra job down the street. That's not a luxury. That's a necessity. And that pressure that it puts on a student, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Because you're like, damn, okay, I got a big exam, but I'm, and I'm falling asleep, but I got to study and blah, 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 because mom needs to pay rent. Right. It's not necessarily about because I'm in college and I'm having fun. A lot of it's not mm -hmm. fun. A lot of it is necessity. And I'm sorry for stopping you, but you, that was a great point. You just oh, made. no, it, it's going to get better because, you know, this is what people need to understand, right? So I was in I was in school, right, my first semester. I was going to class. Like I said, I was working two jobs, 70 hours a week to try to, to try make ends meet. One professor, I'll never forget her, Rosa Perez. She pulled me aside to the class and said, we got to talk after this class. She was my intro to psych professor. She sat me down. And she's like, why are you always falling asleep in my class? And I was like, man... But like, miss, you know, what happened was, you know, like the 18 year old type. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. And then I get real with her. I'm like, yo, I got to pay money to like, pay, like, I got to pay bills. So like, I, I come to class because I have to. And I take your test because I have to. But it's not because I want to. And the professor said, what is it that you want to do in your life? And I told her, and I said, I want to be an educator. And she's like, when you, I was like, do you want to be an educator? Or are you just saying that? Because right now you're just saying that. And being educated, you have to be committed to this craft. And I was like, yo, like, I was like, yo, she's she real by now. And but I and but you know, instead of just giving me that tough love, she also said, But I'm gonna tell you this one thing. I'm gonna find you a campus job that's gonna be able to match what you're making instead of working all those hours. That way you're on campus a little bit more and you can get more exposed, and then you could cut one of these jobs. She's like, You gotta promise me that you're gonna cut one of these jobs and you're gonna be on campus more. I told him, ma'am, you got it. What happened there? I got an on-campus job that led me to get connected with EOF, that led me to get connected with student government, that led me to get connected with residence life. And now suddenly I got four other jobs. And now suddenly I got mentors. And now suddenly I got people in my corner that are supporting me and teaching me shit that I never even thought was possible because it's stuff that I never learned in high school. And then it, it just put me on a completely different path. And so sometimes people are like, yo, this kid is just messing up because they want to be an asshole in your class. It's not that. Sometimes they need that guidance, but they not, sometimes they not, they might not be ready for it, but you got to give it to them anyways. Sometimes you're too proud to beg. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you need it more than anybody, but you're too proud to say it. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Um, that's, that's, that's awesome, man. I like that. How, how you went from, you went from one situation and you didn't let it, and they were able to transform you into the, and the way you evolved. The way you evolved, mm -hmm. you got to the point where 
now you're in this situation. I have one last, I have another question. It's um if you could talk to a let's say 16, 17, 18 year old, whatever, a young mm -hmm. Albert Hernandez, what would you say to him? What are some of the things you would tell him? Better yet, let's let's backtrack a little bit. <laughs> what are some of the pitfalls? I want you to give me like yeah, give me yeah. a couple of things that directly you said, damn, I, I wish if I could talk to myself back then, I wouldn't have done this. I would have done this. Like I know a lot of people that changed majors because they mm -hmm. didn't they didn't really they weren't really researching. They were doing what what was kind of like uh, that's what they heard they were supposed to do. Right. Stuff like that, you know. But I want to hear from you. No, I got you. I got you with some. I got you with some. I got you with some. So first one, man, and this is the one, you know, you probably got it off my story, is learn how to ask for help. Like learn how to ask for help. And this is why I'm gonna tell you to learn how to ask for help. Because you are paying borderline twenty to thirty thousand dollars to go to this institution. And a lot of people think that when you go to college, you go to college to get the degree. No, you don't go to college to get the degree. You go to college to get these experiences. And how are you going to get these experiences? By connecting with the people that run the institution. And so your tuition pays for all these things that are happening at your school, whether it's the programs, whether it's the staff and administration, whether it's the speakers, go to all of that. I cannot tell you how much money I milked off of NJCU. That was my alma mater. I went to NJCU and I got every single dime from that place and probably more from my undergrad. Because I made sure that I took advantage of those opportunities and the things that the institution offered. If it was jobs, if it was experiences with internships, that's the same thing. So learn how to ask for help. Talk to the people you know. There, you know the movers and shakers at your campus. You know what the staff. You know you. You know you get the vibes off people. If you talk to an administrator and that person is trying to dismiss you, you know that person might not be for you. But you know what administrators on that campus and the staff on that campus that truly care about students. Go to them. Connect with them. Make sure that they become your best friend and get on those type of programs and initiatives and stuff like that. So that's the first one is we got to learn how to ask for help and be comfortable with that because that's when the doors open up for us because we don't know everything and we don't have all the connections in the world. And so asking for help and just saying, hey, you know what? I really need some assistance and some guidance in this area. That really, that humbling, that 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 that's, that's humbling, right, to do that. Humble yourself to do that. Is going to be able to open doors for you in different ways. The other piece you mentioned, right, is that career advice. We go into college and we're like, listen, man, we're going to go to school and we're going to be, let's just say, a doctor. I tell students all the time, you want to be a doctor? How many doctors do you know? And they're like, oh, one, maybe. And it's like, well, how do you know you want to be a doctor? You don't know any doctors. You don't know what doctors do. And so... How is it that while you're going to school and you're getting your degree, you're getting to meet people in that field? How about that? Right. So how can we make, make that happen? Social media is a great tool. LinkedIn, other profiles. How, how can I connect you with alumni from that institution, from this institution that in the same field as you to maybe get you an internship and stuff like that? Because then now you really get to know people. You know what? You know what our parents always told us is, you know, tell me who you're around and I'll tell you who you are. So you want to be a doctor? You start. You got to start being around some doctors. You got to start learning the language, the culture, the schemes, the way they talk to each other. All that is going to make you a more marketable candidate. It's going to get you in that door. And so when you say, I want to be X, but you and you're not around X, you're not going to get there. You're not going to get there. So put yourself around those folks. Find that team. Find that squad. Find those people. Put yourself around them. So I think that's the second pitfall um, that students do is that they say that they want to be some, but they're not around that thing. So that's the second thing. The third thing 
And I don't know, maybe I'm maybe I'm gonna sound old school like you, Mike Nev, because I'm getting a little bit older now, man. But the third thing for me is work ethic. Yo, I cannot tell you how many students I work with that are like, oh man, I, I got a long day, I got three classes, and I gotta work three hours. It's like, come on, son, like that's a regular day. Like that's a seven hour day. That's light work. That's you getting off early. Like some students need to learn that this is that you work four years, right? Bust your behind four years for a lifetime. That's a dime. You work for you. That's a dime. People don't, people go to college and they think they're doing somebody a favor. They're doing their parents mm -hmm. a favor. You're not doing your parents a favor. I promise you. You are doing this for you. That was a dime. Yep. I like that. Thank you. Great no, no, you. it's true. You work for you. And if you are committed to this, right? I tell students all the time, I work in residence life. I work with students that live on campus. And a moving day, I meet with students and I tell them, if you come here to watch TV or just be on your laptop the whole time, go home. Just go home because you could do that at home. You, why, why be here? You're here to meet with other people. You're here to connect with other people. You're here to, to do all that type of stuff that we're talking about in college. So let's do that, right? Let's, let's put you in position to do that. So that, that last thing right there is that work ethic. Just work. You got to commit yourself to this grind. I'm saying take care of yourself, right? Take your days off. Take your mental health serious, all that. But you're going to have to put in that work, man. There's going to be some days that are going to be eight hours long. It's going to be some things that you're not going to want to do. But you're going to get that done, and it's going to make you a better person for it. And so that last piece is, is that work ethic that I see. So I think those are three real big pitfalls that I see from college students today. I think, I think you, hit a, you hit a home run with those. Um, you know, while you were talking, I, I also thought of, of something, and I, I thought about it in terms of myself. If I can go back and talk to a young Mike Nav, it would have been – Make an honest assessment. Mm -hmm. Make an honest assessment. What are your What are your real strengths? What are your real weaknesses? Don't lie to yourself and say, "I'm gonna be a doctor" or "I'm gonna be a profession in a profession that requires a high level of mathematics," and you can't get out of algebra two. Okay, That's what I'm talking about, it's man. like I don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't dig your head down and work and make it happen. What I'm saying is do an honest assessment. What are your skill? What's your skill set? It's like. Um, you come in and somebody, you're, you know, you're a great speaker. You do all these beautiful things. Or your mom, your mom works in an artistic fashion and you're trying to be an engineer, but like you can't get past the math. There comes a point where you have to make an honest assessment. And, you know, that's where um, the parental guidance comes in. Because mm -hmm. if a parent puts that pressure on you to go A, and that's all it will be. If it's not in you, if they haven't done their part as far as raising you to be that, there's a disconnect. Whereas yep. if... You're coming up, let's say, I know a lot of people that from, when I was in second grade with them, I knew they were going to be doctors. You know what I'm saying? Like, we knew. Yeah, you know, know. Kids in our class, we knew. Why? Because their, their parents were making that connection all throughout their life, right. right? And then you have somebody like me where my mom is the most supportive person in the world, and she's like, according to her, I should be a judge somewhere or a lawyer somewhere. And there was always that that disconnect. How do I get there? Okay, I yeah, ma, I want to make you proud, but there's a disconnect. Right. And then you get to a point in your life where you you might go into a career path, and when you go into that career path, you find yourself at a situation where you're like, "Damn, I'm I'm like, this is not a strength of mine at all." And mm -hmm. I'm not saying, look, again, I'm trying to avoid the whole pitfall of uh, not overcoming, you know, and still working towards it, whatever. But you get to a point, you're like, "Yeah, how am I going to be right. a public speaker? I don't like talking in public. I get nervous." That's like what I talked to you about, Mike. Now, you know, like th that's like the fly running into the windowsill. Like you at one point you got to pivot and you got to take that that out. 
you got to take that way that that's out for you, right? And like I tell students, I was like, you're not gonna be a doctor. You, no one is gonna let you cut somebody up if you're getting C pluses in your grades. I don't want a C plus person cutting me up. I want an A person cutting me up. Exactly. Right? And yeah. it's like trying to put life perspective into students is like, would you let a C minus doctor cut you? You probably won't. You'd be surprised <laughs> how many out there, man. <laughs> um, so so you have a conversation with a young Albert. Let's mm -hmm. go. Let's, let's let's make that left. You go into you have a conversation, you sit in front of them and you look at him, you go, grab a seat, young son, young soldier. I gotta I gotta tell you something. What are you telling him? Man, I actually have a, a student right now that I'm working one-on-one -on -one with at this institution that I'm currently at. Um, that reminds me a lot of me. That there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, animosity. There's a lot of anger there on his part. There's a lot of rough around the edges. But I know that that kid has potential to do something great. And he reminds me a lot of me. And so when I sit down, and actually talk to him. I feel like I'm kind of talking to myself, you know. And one of the oh. things that I would definitely tell myself as a younger person is take care of that mental health. You know, go seek counseling. Go seek help. Because the, the stuff that you went through as a kid, man, like that shit will mess you up if you don't handle that early. You know, thankfully, I put my pride aside. It took me a while in college. It was not in my freshman year, sophomore, my junior year. So when I finally started going to counseling. I started taking care of myself and talking about a lot of the things that went on early in my childhood and my young adulthood um, and try to make plans to get through those things and work on those things. And that's what would probably be the first thing, because I wish I kind of started that earlier really is taking care of that mental health more seriously. Because like I said, you know, with, with machismo and all that, it's like, we don't talk about that. We keep that stuff at home or we don't, you know, mental health is not serious or what. At that time, that's how the conversation was. And now it's a lot different. And I, and I think, you know, the people who are doing that work to destigmatize that and talking about that as often as they can, because I'm telling you, it, it changes wonders. If I'm in school right now, I probably would have gotten early and I would have gotten help because the conversation around mental health now is so different than it was before. So that was, that was probably one thing for sure um, that I would talk to myself, you know, my younger self about for sure. I have a conversation with uh, Jesse Briggs. Uh, no, mm. he's, uh, yeah, yeah. He, runs, he runs something called Hardcore Dads. And as a matter of fact, I'm wearing a shirt, Briggs MMA. <laughs> you know, nice. Paso. And um, so, Mike Nav, can you hear me? I think we lost uh, Mike Nav real quick. I think we lost him. I think we're trying to get him back real quick. So let me let me text him. I know he's down there in Florida. He might honestly have had some uh 
There you go, brother. Sorry about that. It's sometimes, you know, it's it's part for the course. Don't even sweat it. My are brother. You, are you good? Yeah, I'm good. It, it goes it goes in and out. I, um, I was just joking. Like I was just saying you, it might be that Florida weather. You know, it's crazy down there sometimes. <laughs> you know, you look left, it's sunny. You look right, it's storming. Nah, it's it's, it's something else. I got something going on over here. I, I realized as soon as I looked to my right, I was like, oh, my bad. But it's all good, man. Uh, nah, bro. So, so where were you at? Because I know you were uh, in the middle of talking. No, nah, we were just talking about how vulnerability, when you talk about. Yeah. We, me and Jesse Briggs, we definitely go over that. We talk about how back in the day, um, in machismo that we call it in the Latin culture, mm-hmm. uh, is a lot of the reason why men die so early, man. They grab their feelings, they shove them down their throat, they don't share, they don't talk about it. And it's it was it was that we were taught, put your head down, work the tick, you know, whatever. And there's something to say about that. Don't get me wrong, I don't want to knock that. There's there's some beauty in that, right? Mm-hmm. And it does teach you something. But is that the optimal if you had to put your if it was if it was a car, right? Is that the optimal level that car performance? No, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? You can, it, it's not. It's it usually um you have to share, you have to be vulnerable. And it, now I say this a million times. There's a difference between sensitive and soft. All right. Mm-hmm. A huge difference. Sure. Like you said, you know, you go to you go to therapy. Um, I, I I've talked about this openly before, where I said, um, even on this creative journey I'm on with you know, writing and stuff like that, um, mm-hmm. I went through a bout of depression. And it was the weirdest shit because as somebody who's educated, somebody kind of has an understanding of what depression is, you're like, nah, not me. I'm not, I'm not going through that. Or or right. you you kind of put it on other people. That's them. Look at me, I'm smiling, having fun. I'm out with my boys, we're good. And in reality, your brain is in like this self, this weird self-preservation mode where mm. it can't allow you to flourish in other areas of your life because it's so busy kind of like repairing itself. Maybe, I don't know if I'm saying that right. And um, what happened with me was when, when I went back and was able to backtrack and, and go over some of the things that I've been through, some of the traumas, some of the issues I've been through and kind of like fill in some gaps and just deal with them emotionally. All of a sudden it was like a cloud was lifted over me and I was able to access the creative part of me, mm-hmm. access uh, the love part of me, the ability to love, be loved, all that stuff, right? And yep. I equated to being a young guy in college where a lot of times, man, and having worked in, um, again, juvenile detention, uh, ran a program in uh, Patterson, New Jersey called Straight and Arrow, mm-hmm. a juvenile drug program. And um, when I was out there, a lot of what I came across was young men with that same trauma that you're talking about. And you look at them and you're like, how could this kid possibly go out into the world and be successful with this anger, with this, uh, and it's not addressing, it's not, it's not, you know what I'm saying? And I only had it for like six months. So it's like, how am I going to fix six, 18 years worth of damage? Six months. You know what I mean? But then you talk about how you were able to go and be, take a proactive approach to kind of repairing yourself. Now, I don't want to use repairing, but like you can take it a proactive no, approach right. to kind of like, yeah, to addressing the situation. And I find it, um, I wonder how many people, their children or uh, from our neighborhoods, from your neighborhood, mm-hmm. from other areas can relate to what you're saying. They're like, damn, yeah, man. I, You know, I know, like like I said, man, I know kids that went from uh, uh, some streets like Paris and Newark, Jersey City, yeah. uh, other areas, whatever, that they've seen people die. They've seen drugs in their face. They've seen it all. And you watch them and some of them make it, some of them don't. Right. You know what I mean? I have, and I have everybody breaks the same. Dude, I have this yeah. thing where I say, right? Um, when people kind of talk about certain neighborhoods, right? And they say, oh, uh, yeah, but this person made it out. This person made it out. Look at them. And I look at them and I'm like, 
Yeah, but you know, every now and then a rose grows through concrete. <laughs> exactly. You know where they grow, you know where they grow better? In a garden. You know what I'm saying? Whenever the situation is right, when they're watered, when they're fed, whenever the sunlight is right, that's where more of them grow. So don't Man, use that as the as don't use you, the, the exemption as the rule. You hit you, know you hit on the head, bro. You hit on the head because how many times, right? We haven't conversation. I have conversations with parents a lot, man. Right? How many times I have conversations with parents? They maybe have three kids, and they're like, "Oh yeah, but Johnny, the oldest, he did it." You know, so you two, and you have it better than him, so you two should be able to do it. But it's like, yo, why make it harder for? Why make it harder for the other two? Like, why not make it better for them? You know what I'm saying? Like, why not make that a better experience for them? Not try. Let's not compare people's struggles or from people's backgrounds because we're not all the same. We're not all. Fun we don't all function the same. And why not make it easier? Not not make it easier because that's the wrong term. I don't want to say make it easier for people. I don't want to say like why don't we make it more equitable for people? Because there's a difference. You know, sometimes some people need a little bit more to achieve the same level of greatness, and that's okay. Like and that's okay. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, I want to ask you, what is your end game? What is what is it that you're trying to like? If I had to, if I if I was selling you. Let's say I mm -hmm. come across a family, and uh, which I believe it or not, I do. I, I mean, a lot of people that we that you could address that I would actually refer to you. So when you drop the end, when you drop your information, I'll be like, mm -hmm. "Hey, look, if you've got a couple questions, I got somebody you can talk to." And um, I think it's important to uplift the people that are in this, in this, in this space, and really, it's like with uh, somebody sells insurance, somebody's a real estate mm -hmm. agent, become that guy. Like, oh, you sell? Yeah, I got a guy. <laughs> well, what, you're gonna be my guy. When somebody talks about that 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 genre or that area, I'm gonna be like, I got a guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna refer him to you because it's so important. And I want you to kind of put like a neat little bow on it. What is the end game? What is your mm -hmm. drive it home for the people? What is it that you want to do, and and the message that you want to put out loud and clear, mm. you know? And then I'll kind of go. I'll, I'm gonna piggyback off it when you're done. Yeah, yeah, for sure. As for far sure. as what I what I see, and you can tell me if I'm on the head. Yeah. For sure. So, I mean, it's going to sound big, right? It's going to sound big because I'm, I'm a person who I dream big. I think big, I dream big, and I work hard. And so I know that eventually that we're going to be there. Um, and so for me, I see myself, uh, you know, creating and developing my own institution. Like my goal is to someday, right, have an institution, whether that's, you know, at a place or outside of a place and have my own program where I can train and I can develop and I can, you know, uh, educate young Latinos and Latinos, Latinas, Latinx, all type, all the, all my folks, right? In terms of when I think about education, I think about the cultural education. What has been robbed from us? What have we not been taught? You know, I went to a school that was 97% Latino and I've never read Juna Diaz. I never read Sandra Cisneros. I never read any of these other Latino art, art, um, you know, authors. I can tell you everything about 1865, but I can't tell you what happened in DR between, you know, Dominican Republic and Haiti. I can't tell you about the Cuban, you know, the Cuban Revolution, and those that's stuff that I had to learn on my own. But I want my people to know what your culture is. So I want to educate in that level, right? Then I want to educate in the other levels. Is okay, personal, professional development. I want to give you that development that if you want to go to college, I'm going to give you all the skills that when you walk on that campus, you're going to be the baddest student leader around. Like you're going to be able to run that campus off your first year and have a good time. Like that's the type of education that I'm trying to provide. And then after after college, right, post-grad life, 
what is it that you're trying to accomplish? And I want to do that type of education and that type of institutional development that is going to be like, all right, you, if you want to work with, um, you know, for example, if you want to work in business, how can I make you the best businessman I possibly can? If you want to work as an author, how can I make sure that you have the right skill sets to excel? I might not know that area as well, but I'm going to try to give you those personal developments around those pieces to make sure that you can get there for sure. And so those are the three things that I see myself really targeting and focusing. Um, and that's like the end game, right? The right now game is I'm speaking. I'm doing speaking engagements where I speak to other college students around the country. And I've spoken to a bunch of universities. Um, and obviously right now working at my current institution um, in residence life, that's kind of like what I do right now. But that's kind of what the end game is. And that's the goal. You know, that's the goal right there for sure. That's awesome, man. Um, it's like I heard a, I heard a saying one time, right, where they said people think they hit a home run when they start on third base. I'm not sure <laughs> if I'm saying it right. And it's like you want to address the people that don't even have a bat or you want to address the people that have a, still a long way to go and fill in that gap. You know, um, when I think about you, that's what I think of. I think of a professional gap filler, that person that's going to say, hey, man, you don't have to start where everybody else that starts at day one. It's like when you, I, I keep my, my mind is moving so fast and I'm fascinated by what you're saying that um, it's like when you go to college and you take your placement test, you're telling mm -hmm. them, no, you can start at first year math. You don't have to start in remedial math. And a mm -hmm. lot of us as, a, as, as minorities, we're starting in remedial, yep. and, like in, almost in a remedial level where we have to learn what we're doing first, find our footing, and then start to educate ourselves as right. opposed to stepping day one in and you are educating yourself from day one and you have somebody there saying hey look a b c now we're talking obviously you know for the people out there we're talking minority communities but this mm -hmm. is across the board poverty uh -huh. you know what I mean? Where this is an across the board situation where we can address this to poor anything or or, or people you know of lower income status in right. any because it's an access issue right it's a socioeconomic issue right at the right. at the heart of it and I fortunately, I was blessed that I was able to work with the UF program. So for those people that don't know, UF stands for Educational Opportunity Fund. And it allows uh, first-gen students access to college and access to higher education. So these are students that otherwise would have been denied at an institution, but are admitted to the institution on a condition that they pass a six-week summer program. And I was fortunate that I got to work for that program for five summers. And what I told my students all the time is, I'm trying to teach you in 20 days in this five week program, what these other white kids or these other affluent kids have known their whole lives. I'm trying to teach you in 20 days. I'm trying to make sure that I'm preparing you for this college world and give you the skill set that, that some other people had took that shit for granted, right? That their parents were teaching them ever since they were young about the etiquette, you know, how to eat, you know, at the dinner table, um, how to have conversations with professionals, how to write an email. Like that's stuff that we take for granted that, that you have to actually learn that stuff. I remember, I, I remember, and like you said, you hit it on the head when you said it's about access, and um, yeah, like it, it just touches, it touches white, it touches black. It's about access at a certain level of income, and I remember being in in college and EOF, and one of my uh, sweet mates was was white, and we would talk, and he was kind of, and it's almost in the same, we're the same, like we, it was surprised. It was one of the first times where I realized, you know, okay, cool, like you're you're, you're poor like me because where I'm from. Um, a lot of the kids were a little more middle class. Where I'm at, I was poor in a middle class neighborhood. So I was like, yeah, shit, I didn't really know. You know what I mean? I didn't know there was other kids like that. So when I 
met him. It was cool. It was like, oh shit. And he was in EO, and that's what they call it at King uh, University. Mm -hmm. And um, we were talking about it, and it was funny because we were sitting in a computer class, computer class, and all we had ever taken was typing. You know what I mean? <laughs> and we're sitting there looking at each other like, you might as well be teaching us a different language. You know what I mean? And that's one of those things. It's using that as an example about how sometimes we step into these situations and we are so far back that we don't realize, and we don't even realize it. Then we get there and we're looking at a computer and I'm not talking about like searching stupid stuff like porn and all, you know, playing around. I'm talking about, they're asking you to do a project. You're looking at it like, oh, mm -hmm. shit, man. I, it'd be nice to have somebody in the life version of that example to say, okay, brother, listen, I know you played the game, but here, this is how we're gonna do it. Break it down into steps. It's like when I uh, worked at a school and I worked in the gym, I was one of the gym teachers, and um, whenever we taught a sport, it was broken down into pieces, you know, whether it was soccer. And some of the kids didn't like it because they knew how to play already. But there was kids that were not athletic, you know what I mean? And those kids, what we would do is we teach them how to trap, pass, kick, whatever it was, you know what I'm saying, the rules of the game, so that when we finally played the game, everybody could enjoy it, right? And I associate the kids that already knew how to play the game, were in a rush and wanted to play, with those kids that are at a different level, that come in already with a head start economically and all that stuff and kind of can move forward. And I associate the kids from minority communities or economically, uh, you know, economic situation, uh, communities with economic situations as the kids that have to kind of learn the rules, learn how to, some of the trapping, passing, whatever first, and then so they could enjoy the game. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I feel like you're that person that's going to teach them how to do those steps so that we could all really truly enjoy the game. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. It's about this, this, this world, stepping out into it and being prepared so that you could enjoy your life. You're not just floating around trying to survive and understand and find your way. It's more so like I helped you get direction. So when you got that diploma in your hand, that diploma represented more than a piece of paper. Right. Right. You know I mean? And I think that um, you're necessary. You're necessary, man. I mean, at some, at some point, my vision for you, and again, for what it's worth, is you leading a group of professionals and young guys that are like you, right, and connecting them with universities across the country. And there's other people that we know that do it. I, mm -hmm. I would love to talk to them, hear from them, you know what I'm saying? And everybody kind of whatever. But when we spoke, you jumped out at me because this was your passion. And this is the project that you were like, no, this is the avenue I'm taking. And mm -hmm. Believe it or not, I was after we spoke, um, I was on the internet and looking through to see if I saw other people with the angle that you're taking. Because other people are talking about higher education promoting it. Other people are talking about um, different um, avenues and, you know what I mean? There's a genre there. But the what I liked about when I talked to you was the angle that you're taking. It was very unique. It was a little different. You were very clear on that, 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 that role that you wanted to be in, you know what I mean? And I hope that um, whoever's listening, whoever gets to listen to this, whoever you share with, um, gets out of it what I got out of it because it's fascinating. And like I said, it inspires me to be that person to my daughter. You know what I mean? And it's good to know that there's resources. And like I said before, you're that guy for me now. You're one of that guy, those guys for me now. Oh, you have a son? You got questions? Or even if I run across somebody that they tell them to me and they're like, yeah, my mom doesn't really know. I don't really know. I got somebody. Boom. Refer them. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? We can do that and bounce some battles back and forth. I got one last question. I didn't hit you with this question in advance 
or or talk to you about it. We haven't we had good, any- bro. We chopping it up right now. We chopping it yeah. up. But I want to know. Um, you you touched on it earlier about the family dynamic, mm-hmm. right? and um, one of the major hurdles of college and universities is that leaving with debt, all right? And the amount of debt that you leave with. What are some, what's some advice, some, 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 what is some, if you have, if, again, if you have yeah. programs, advice, um, outside from the beaten path, the normal, that you can oh, give, sure. that you can give, let's say you were talking to young, hey, listen, oh, you, you, you don't want to walk out in debt? This is some game I'm going to put you onto right here. What's something that you were right. going to like put out there? So, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of different things, right? So I'm going to hit you with, a, I'm going to hit you with a lot right now. And so when you go to buy a car, right, you have to know kind of like, what's my budget? You can't be expecting like, you know, a Lambo on a Camry budget. Like if that's, if you, if you, if you like me and you can afford a Camry, stick to that Camry and that's fine. There's institutions for everybody and there's price points for everybody. And so if you are a person that needs to understand like, let me stick to something that's a little bit more inexpensive Then do that. You know, go to two-year school, save yourself some money. There's a lot of resources at two-year schools that once you complete your two-year degree, you can go to a four-year degree for free, free 99. You don't pay nothing. And then you get your degree from that institution for free. And people don't know that because they're not community college. That's, oh man, again, that's a dime. You just hit it because I was about to say up until maybe a lot, about 10, 15 years, Yo, you said you were going to community college. It was like, oh, yeah. you failed. It's like 13th grade. Oh, uh-huh. you make it. Oh, oh where, where were you ranked in your class? It's like mm-hmm. they would look down on it. Now, with the information we have today, we realize, oh, we've been paying for four years, and these people have been paying for two or not paying at all because at all. we are e- we were playing with our ego as opposed to understanding and having the knowledge, and that's that game that you have. That's that's, that, that's one of those gaps. Yeah, I mean, so, again, so that's one, right? That's one, right? Then the other one, right, is is what we don't understand is these other programs and these other things that you could get involved in. And so when you're applying to institutions, all right, let me apply to a public institution. Let me see if I can get some money. Public institutions don't give you that much money, especially if you look like me. Because why? Because a lot of us are going to those institutions. Now apply to a private institution and they're, they are competing to bring students of color on that campus. They're, they're looking at their competitors and like, oh, my competitive school brought 100 students of color. I need to bring in 110. So I need to find a way to get students of color to come on this campus. So students of color, sometimes at private institutions, the price tag might be 70K. But guess what? They go to school for like 10. They go to that school for like 5K a year. They're going to school for free sometimes. Because why? Because higher education, as much as it is an institution of higher learning, it is also a business. And right now, what, what it sells is diversity. And they want diverse candidates. And they want a diverse campus. And so guess what? They got to pay for that diversity. And so if you are a person of color and you're hearing this and you're going to college, look at private institutions because I bet you that they're willing to give you a competitive package that either matches or surpasses some of these public institutions are offering you. And then you can go to this institution and be able to get that access that people pay 70K for. You could get it for 10K. You can get it for 10, for 5K, right? Um, you could get it for, 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 for a discounted price. So don't knock private institutions. Do your research. But always think of yourself as a commodity. What is it that you did in high school? Did you do sports? Were you a captain? You have leadership ability. Put that shit down on your resume. Like, what else did you do on, uh, at, at your at your high school? Were you part of a peer mentoring group? Like, did you help an advisor? 
Um, even if you didn't do anything in high school, like me, I played I played basketball, which is fine. Like I wasn't a captain or anything like that. But I always put that I took care of my two younger siblings. Like if you're a person who goes home and takes care of responsibilities, that shows a level of maturity that's beyond your years. Put that on your resume because institutions will eat that shit up. And so all these things that you're all these things that you don't really think about as assets, they are assets because they're who you are and you sell. So you need to put that stuff down because no one is like you. Don't try to give that cookie cutter example of this is what I think the institution wants. No, give us you because that's what's going to give you the money. And so looking at those private institutions, I think is another real big one. And then the last one is what jobs and opportunities I could get at that college campus to make sure that I pay as little money as possible. Right. Mike Nav, you know about this residence life. They hire resident advisors. Those are students that work on the college campus. And at most institutions, they get paid their room and board. So all of that money that you pay to live on campus, you don't have to pay for it because that job opportunity as a student covers that. So think about you're shaving like at least 10, 15 K off, you know, your bill by working at that, that, at that job. Then there's other jobs at, at the institution that will give you a meal plan, give you parking. Some jobs, like I had a job at my alma mater that paid my tuition. At the end of the semester, I got a reimbursement check and I didn't pay anything for the last two years that I was in my undergrad. I didn't pay a dime to go to school because I found the jobs that gave me the most money and I was able to get my money back. And so think about what uh, or look into those type of jobs, those opportunities at your college campus. So I think those are three, I think, real big ones that I want to make sure. And I don't know how much time we have, but I could keep going. We're running up about, yeah, I know. We Man, listen, we off the offline, we're on the phone. We were, I kept telling you, every time I would check in, I was like, we're at an hour and 20, we're at an hour and 30. <laughs> we went, we went, we went deep. But, um, and you know, we can save it for another time, but we're running up on an hour. What I want to do is I like to keep it to about that. Um, but I want to highlight you, man. Talk to me. Tell me, tell me what it is you got going on right now, how to contact you. Uh, mm -hmm. If they want you for speaking engagements, what's your contact info, where to find you, the whole nine. Floor yeah, yeah, yeah. So, everyone, if you want to contact me, this is my website. It's thealverhernandez.com. So that's my name, thealverhernandez.com. I'm on, like, on my Ohio State Wave, apparently. I couldn't get alverhernandez.com, so I have to go with the D. Um, <laughs> so it is what it is, but... Um, that's my website on there has my contact information on there also has the workshops that I've presented at other institutions and at national conferences on there. There's my bio um, and also on there is my podcast, Los Fundamentos podcast. And so Los Fundamentos podcast, what it is, is an opportunity for me. It's, it's, it's called Los Fundamentos in Spanish, but in English is the fundamentals. And pretty much what I'm doing is breaking down higher education, breaking down some of these things that seem very high, high in the air. Or high and mighty and making it accessible to the masses. And so I'm either going to be talking about how is it that you get involved on campus? How do I break that down for a student? How is it that you're going to be, um, you know, build relationships with folks? How do I break that down for people? Things that are honestly you could use in your day to day. You don't even have to be a college student. You could take a lot of out of it, but it's very geared towards the college student right now. And so that's have, my podcast as well on the website. I have um, a question. Um, yeah. I think you offer an extremely necessary um, an extremely necessary lane for for kids going to college. Is there a way where people can contact you directly and maybe have one-on-one -on -one sessions with you where they could pick your brain? And I don't know, obviously you would work out the details with them on how you're compensated or if you want to be, that's up to you. But I feel like there's people that eventually, uh, whether it's they watch this or one at some point, you get to the point where people would consult with you. You're actually a real 
professional in the field, still a young guy, still um, that that can give them the, the live example. And there's probably a lot of parents out there that are confused, lost, a little wondering, have questions. I would love for them to contact you directly. And, you know, in a platform where you do personal consultation, man, mm -hmm. you are you're absolutely fantastic. Um, no, no I, would, I would love that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I currently do consultations with institutions, right, and colleges right. and stuff like that on a programmatic level. But I would love to work with, you know, families and people who have that, you know, who have that those means too, and be able to help them and navigate um, the college landscape as well. So my email is alvert.hernandez1 at gmail.com. So that's my email, direct emails on my phone. Check it every day. So you could always hit me up on that. And then also my Instagram is probably my most popular choice of social media. Um, and you could probably see a lot of things that I post on there. Probably this video is going to be on there after I, you know, get my hands on it. But uh, the, the Instagram is Albert underscore Hernandez. Uh, it's pretty simple. I keep it very simple, very generic because I want people to know if they want to look me up. The first things that come up are my name, you know, are my likeness, are the things that I do. So I try to keep it very open and accessible to everybody. Man, fantastic, brother. Man, I knew I knew, I knew that I was going to get a lot from you, even from the conversation that we had before. I knew you were going to come with the energy, and I was, I'm was i really happy that I got a chance to talk to you today, man, especially after the first conversation we had. Um, as far as I'm concerned, man, I'm, I'm still on the same venture, man. I'm working on getting uh, my book, Shallow River to Deep Ocean, A Man's Guide to Understanding His Woman by First Understanding Himself. Um, it's in editing. I'm really excited about where it's going to go, what it's going to do. Um, I'm currently writing a second book. It's called mm. The Aftermath. And it's a man's journey through depression. And um, mm -hmm. I think that uh, there's going to be a lot of people that can relate. It's very cathartic like right that. now. It's uh, It allows me to kind of go deep into thoughts that I haven't thought in a while. But it's it's a it's a really interesting take on, I think, on, on something. The other thing is, yeah. you know, you guys can contact me. I'm Mr. Underscore Dropping Dimes on Instagram. I'm Dropping Dimes on Facebook. Um, dropping Dimes, what it really means. And Mr. Uh, dropping Dimes on YouTube. Dropping dimes with Mike Nav on YouTube. He's just you dropping dimes everywhere, y'all. Everywhere. I'm dropping dimes everywhere, man. And um, you know, we out here. What do you call? It? I get a lot of uh, so I got a new little gig. It's hilarious, man. I kind of got duped because I thought it was something else, but I wanted to put it out there just just I told a couple of people, man. So uh, a local radio station hit me up. Uh somebody, a friend of mine, reached out to them that I answer questions really well. Um, on my page or whatever, and they reached out to them, and they reached out to me, and they set me up with, uh, you, you're going to be using my email, and they, they give me a number, and they're going to be sending me the questions, and I'm going to be answering them, and the DJ is going to be answering, on my behalf, what he called live on the radio. So uh, it's 103.5, so we'll see where that goes. Nah, um, man, that's going to be great, bro. Interesting stuff, man. Fun times. A lot, on, a lot going on, bro. Let me tell you something. Um, we're lucky, man. We're lucky, yeah. count your blessings. Um, I, I I try to spit nothing but positivity, especially when I go live on my own, only because, let me tell you something, when you see the, the cross that other people are bearing, mm -hmm. you will thank God that you have the one you have, man. Because regardless, we, we're, we're able to be creative. We're still um, paying our bills. Right. We're still loving our families. So, Albert, man, I want to say thank you. I appreciate you. Once again, Albert Hernandez, ladies and gentlemen, and with that, brother, we are. Let's get out of here. Let's see. Let's see. Let's <laughs> Peace. See. I'm trying to end it. I'm trying to end it. Let me get you for a second, man. Because I got to.